0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned,
2: as the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised.
3: We're live, we're ready. Go. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. From AMI headquarters, in the center of it all. Holy moly! This, the most insane, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in the history. The of- neutral
1: zone. It's good. Oh my goodness. Hey, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Neutral Zone. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Dave Ricavina and Brett Wills. This week, and of course Jeff Ryman, this week is a jam-packed show because we are going to have guests on from the Canadian Sledge Hockey Championship happening in Almira, Ontario. Do note that we will be there in uh, the flesh broadcasting the gold medal game. The broadcast begins at 11 a.m. Eastern and will run all the way 2 p.m. Eastern. Go to ami.ca/slash Canadian Sledge Hockey, and you'll be able to find out more details. Gentlemen, how we doing?
3: Very well. It's sure interesting days in the sports world. I mean, you pick your sport. There's there's news galore in it. I mean, and you know, you've got the obvious, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Jays, Vladdy Guerrero there. You got the NBA playoffs. Uh, you got you got news all over the place here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, Crazy sports time. There's lots uh, lots going on. Maybe towards the end of the show we'll be able to dive into specifically the Toronto Raptors because they've got a lot going on there, but we'll see how the day goes. Mr. Wills, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, man. I'm doing all right. I, uh, I woke up with a little bit of a stomach ache this morning, but uh, uh-huh. to- totally self-inflicted.
1: Was it uh, the Seventy uh, Sixers stomach flu that was?
2: Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> Last night uh, I went to go see Avengers Endgame, and I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners if they haven't gone to see it. It was really, really good. By by the way, three hours long though, so uh, you better be prepared with uh, maybe your depends. But uh, anyway, uh, my friend brought uh, or decided to go to uh, Bulk Barn before uh, c- coming to the theater and. Bought copious amounts of candy, and uh-huh. we kind of just mowed through it.
1: There you go. So now you're having a uh, candy ache of the of the sort. Well,
2: I think my blood sugar is starting to fluctuate a little bit. So,
1: yes. Well, we hope that you're doing okay. My girlfriend uh, went to go see the movie and she's like, You want to go? And I was just like, Nah, three hours. I'm, I, I'm good. You enjoy. I'm glad, though, to hear it was good because that's uh, three hours is a long, long movie. Anyway, on that note, we're going to bring in our first guest of the day uh, who's the chairman um, of this event on behalf of the Ontario Sledge Hockey Association. That would be James T. Tim Marsh. James, thanks for joining us this morning.
0: Hey guys, how are you?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Can you give us an idea of the event that we're going to be covering this weekend but on Sunday uh, particularly?
0: Yeah, so it's the uh, 2019 Canadian National Sledge Championships. It'll be the fourth annual tournament. Um, this is the first time it's hosted in Ontario. It'll be four provinces. It'll be B.C., Ontario, Alberta, and Quebec competing. And uh, so far, Alberta has won the last three. So looks like the other provinces are trying to kind of catch up and, and win one this year.
3: James, can you tell us a little bit about the teams, uh, go in a little bit more detail about the teams that are in the tournament?
0: Yeah, sure. So we have uh, our local Team Ontario, so Sledge Team Ontario, they, uh, their manager is Americo Morales and their head coach is uh, Rob Hogg. They're, he's a first-year head coach of Sledge Team Ontario but he was also the assistant. Um, you have Team Quebec who's uh, manager is Berev, uh, uh, I believe and Max of Team Quebec. They've, they're um, silver medalists of last year's tournament against Team Alberta, who was the gold medal uh, winners last year and looking to repeat again this year. And then you have Team BC, who were the hosts last year out in Richmond, BC, and will be competing for their in their fourth tournament as well.
3: Now, James, are are these club teams, or are they teams that have been selected through a tryout process?
0: Yeah, these are provincial national teams, so they have a tryout process in early September, October, and they'll they've. Haven't really played many games, but they've played, like, Team Ontario and Team Quebec have played uh, exhibition series against each other, most recently in February, um, where Team Quebec took two of three games uh, in that series. And then Team Alberta and Team BC, I believe, have played exhibition series, but I can't remember what the scores were.
2: Jamie, it sounds like the uh, this event uh, that is happening next weekend Is fairly expansive. Can you tell us what goes on to, uh, in terms of organizing an event such as this?
0: Yeah. So uh, we've been organizing it since about January of 2018 of last year, when we found out that Ontario was the next host. So what we've done is we did uh, site visits throughout the end of our through half of last year, where we looked at all the different venues, and that's where we came up with uh, Almira as the host event. And then after going out to Richmond, B.C., where they hosted it last year, to kind of see what, how they host their event, what they, the type of uh, weekend they put on, we came back here with really good information. We started a, our volunteer group getting together, and we just started reaching out to everybody within the community about how we can put on a really good event, and I think we're, we're super excited.
1: If you wanted to come down to this event, Uh, Tell us more and tell us how people can do that.
0: Yep. so we're out in uh, Woolwich Memorial Centre in Elmira, Ontario. It's free to watch. It's free to come out. Um, The games start at Friday morning at at 9 a.m. until Friday evening, and then all day Saturday, and then Sunday is the bronze and gold medal game, which AMI will be broadcasting the gold medal game. Um, We're also streaming it online on Hockey TV, and if you check out our link, which will be provided says Canadiansledgenationals.com. You should be able to uh, have a link to view the streaming.
1: Very cool. I know for us, we look forward to being down there at the uh, gold medal game, but if you uh, have the opportunity to get down there, it's always great sledge hockey to watch. James, thank you so much for taking the time this morning to do this interview.
0: No problem at all. Thank you, guys.
1: That was uh, James Tipmarsh, part of the organizing committee for this event and so um just that starts us off that gets us going with this event coming up next we're going to have ian come on an athlete going to be participating in this event right after the break here on the neutral zone on ami audio and voices for ability we'll be right back Welcome back to this pre-game edition of The Neutral Zone. That is for the uh, Cana- 2019 Canadian National Sledge Hockey Championship happening next weekend on Sunday in Elmira. Joining us now is Ellen from Team Ontario. Ellen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. We, we appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So can you first start by telling us how you got started in the sport of sledge hockey?
4: Um, Sure. Um, I started playing sledge hockey about six years ago. Um, I found out, I knew about the sport uh, a little bit. I've seen uh, uh, clips of it on YouTube. Uh, But I I didn't really think about, uh, uh, didn't really have interest in joining until my uh, girlfriend uh, pushed me to join. So I started playing for Markham Islanders, um, and uh, first I started playing out as a forward. I currently play as a goalie, and um, I fell in love with the sport as soon as I tried it, and uh, have been uh, playing it ever since.
2: Ilan, can you tell us, either as a goaltender or as a forward or defenseman, the training that is involved to prepare for an event such as the Canadian National Sledge Hockey Championships?
4: Yeah, Sure there uh obviously uh playing goalie uh there's there is a, a similar to playing out there's a lot of upper body strength that's needed especially for goalie because we uh we have to use our arms to move as well as to make saves so there's a lot of physical uh training i personally do a lot of upper body training with uh weightlifting uh but there's also uh mental preparation uh just to deal with uh uh the, the pressure that comes with playing the position um, so uh, I would say there's a good balance of mental as well as physical um, training
3: Elaine uh tell us about your team's expectations your team's objectives uh for the tournament
4: oh yeah we uh we've been looking forward to this uh, ever since the end of uh, last year's uh, national tournament in Vancouver uh obviously we want uh Taking place in our home province, and uh, we have uh, we have a lot of expectations. We want to win the gold. Uh, last three years, Alberta has been um, has been the champion, and we really want to take it away from them. And um, last year, we put up a good fight, so we're really confident in our ourselves. We have a lot of good chemistry. That's I think that's one of our biggest strength uh, this year. We have a lot of synergy, uh, and we've been preparing all year, and we're excited. So uh, we really want nothing less than the gold. Even though this is a
1: team sport as an athlete people have individual goals you know whether whether it's do certain things in certain games for yourself, what do
4: you have as a goal if any yeah I want the same thing I want the same thing uh i want the gold um you know playing on the provincial team it's it's a it's a it's a real privilege um i don't uh, take this year for granted who knows what the next year will be like um, so, um, uh, and I, I thrive on competition and, um, uh, I I'm, I'm expecting nothing less than the gold for myself too. So I'm really looking forward to competing and uh, challenging myself. So I, I, I want the gold for myself as well. Ilan, you're
2: going to be competing. Ilan, uh you're going to be competing against three other, uh, provinces in this tournament. Is there a game yeah. you're going or that you're looking forward to the most?
4: I would say uh, our matchup against Alberta, uh, they're, they're a very high, highly skilled team. They've got a lot of guys uh, that are on the national team. Um, and um, every time I play them uh, in the past, uh, I look forward to it because they take a lot of shots. They're uh, uh, very offensively skilled. Um, and I enjoy, uh, I would say I enjoy playing against them the most. Um, so I look forward to, to that game in particular.
1: I have a couple of questions here for you. Um, in a game where you have lots of shots, obviously you're you're um, a busy goaltender. The goal is to keep the puck out of the net. But when you have a game that you don't expect as much shots
4: on net, how do you keep yourself focused? Yeah, those, those kind of games are really tough, um, especially in sledge hockey because in sledge hockey there aren't as many shots um, uh, compared to stand-up hockey. Uh, So for me, I I usually just find find something to focus on and uh, just keep my eye eye on uh, the game and um, see how another challenge of the game is to just having a mental read on the other team and the game itself. So um, if there aren't a lot of shots, I usually just try to uh, stay focused by reading uh, what the players are doing on the opposite team, how they're shooting and uh, how they're playing. So um, that's that's what I tend to do uh, when I don't face a lot of shots. I just usually focus on the, in the the game within the game itself. I guess you can say.
1: What what would it mean to you to win the gold medal as you've you've illustrated earlier in this interview? What would it mean to you to win the gold medal at home in
4: your home province? It would mean a lot. Um, uh, yeah, p- playing in the home province is really special. Um, so we'll have a lot of uh, people uh, supporting us and uh, cheering us on. So playing in front of them um, and going all the way uh, would really mean a lot. It would mean a, uh, it would be really special, especially uh, the town of uh, Woolwich and uh, Woolwich Thrashers. They've uh, shown us a lot of support, so um, I'm really looking forward to playing in front uh, front of all my family and friends and uh, uh, and people who are cheering us on.
1: And during your off days, if there are any, what? What do you do to keep yourself focused during off days?
4: Uh, I'm a I'm a graphic designer, um, so uh, uh, I usually uh, like to be creative. Uh, work on uh, work on uh, designs, um, so that usually helps uh, as a goalie because you know goalies are usually solitary. So I just usually find the time to be by myself and uh, visualize uh, on the game when I'm not doing design work. And just being by myself usually helps. So that's what I do. Ellen. good luck this
1: weekend. And we uh, appreciate you coming on to do this interview. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. That was Ellen goaltender for Team Ontario, um, talking to us all things that he's getting prepared for. Seems pretty, um, pretty, pretty wanting of that gold medal, as any athlete would. Um, home province being the... Uh, being the the biggest carrot there, I would say.
2: And you know what? He talked an awful lot about mental pe- preparation. And as a former goaltender myself, and uh, I know I said former, but uh, I've decided that uh, the goaltending position is not for me. Uh, I know that there's an awful lot of mental preparation involved. I wasn't able to figure out how my mental preparation could come into play with that, and that was part of the reason why I've decided to step aside as a goaltender. I give guys like that an awful lot of credit who recognize that the mental preparation is just as important, if not more important, to prepare for a tournament like this.
3: Well, for sure, and I think, you know, the the higher up you go, up the competitive ranks, and, and you know, obviously this is a national competition, I think mental preparation, as you just said, Brett, uh, you know, really it becomes at least, if not more important than the, uh, you know, than the physical preparation. And you see so many examples of this, especially in the playoffs, whether it be the Stanley Cup playoffs, the MLB playoffs, the the, the NFL playoffs, all the major sports, uh, any sport for that matter. Uh, And I think it's something that's a relatively new phenomenon, I think, really just having taken place in the last uh, 20, 25 years or so uh, where it's really come to the forefront. But, you know, you're seeing that the teams that are better mentally prepared are the ones, uh, you know, who end up winning championships.
1: Yeah, I know even as an athlete going through different levels, they often told you that the game was uh, 80% mental and uh, 20% (laughs) Uh, your physical um, attributes, It, it was. It, it's just part of the game. It's part of what you need to do. And as you both alluded to the fact, if you have mental toughness, then you're going to be good.
2: And I know, Brock, your sport was, for the most part, on an individual basis. I know there's team components involved with it. But as an individual who's only participated in team sports, and being, quote, unquote, that guy being on the back end, you put an awful lot of pressure on yourself. And it's certainly, at the end of the day, it, for me, it was just a game. But I, I for some reason, I still couldn't distinguish uh, separating myself from you're going out there and you're competing and then coming off the ice and just forgetting about it all. So, again, I, I give those guys an awful lot of credit for what they put themselves through.
1: And as a goaltender, I mean, you, as you just alluded to, you are the last line of defense. So no matter what happens on the ice, if you let the goal in, if it were me, I would feel awfully responsible for uh, said goal, even if there was defensive laps. And I get that it's a team sport, but I would feel awfully responsible, especially for those goals that you know you should have uh, back.
3: Well, I think, too, you know, when you get, like I say, higher up the competitive ranks, I think, the you know, a big part of mental preparation is that ability to focus, as you guys have alluded to, but also the fact that, you know, say if you're a goalie who lets in a goal or a pitcher who gets dinged for a home run or even a fielder, say, in baseball who... You know, it commits a, a, an error at a critical time and allows runs to score or, you know, the, the list you can you can draw it from any sport. But I think it's the ability also to be able to put that behind you. And that's not easy. Uh, you know, I, 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 I get that very well. Uh, but you'll find the successful ones are able to do that because, let's face it, uh, you know, we all screw up at one time or another. If God intended us to be perfect, he'd have made us perfect. So, you know, there you go. Yeah you're totally uh, correct with that uh, before we continue um, if
2: anybody's watching the USA Canada sledge hockey final right now and can update me on the score I would greatly appreciate it, appreciate it to neutral zone Brett on Twitter
1: yes because that final is going on right now at the World Championship Canada versus us so it would be good even if we could pass on the uh, now uh, would many would any of those players be playing next weekend no, no. On, on, the, on
3: the Canadian See, side? Actually, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't
1: think so. Yeah, because Alain alluded to the fact that Alberta had a lot of uh, national team players. I don't know if that's current or uh I'm not 100% or... sure.
2: I would say no, no, but uh, I guess we'll find out next weekend.
1: Yeah, it'd be a very interesting thing to know. But yes, Canada-US is going on right now, and you can catch it on uh, Facebook Live. Paralympic Committee uh, will have it on as we sit here so we're gonna proceed forward with our uh, athlete interviews uh coming up next we're going to talk to Corey, uh who is another athlete participating in the event right after the break here on the neutral zone on AMI audio and voices for ability stay with us Welcome back to the show here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Bark Richardson, joined by Dave Rekamina, Brett Wills, and Jeff Ryman. If you want to get a hold of us, do give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. If you do go that route and you leave us a message, do remember to give us your permission to play it on air if you wish. Uh, for those of you listening in the last segment to to Brett's uh, call-out for the uh, score of the Canada-U.S. game. It is currently 0-0 in the second period. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, just before we bring on our next guest, um, what are your thoughts on this uh, Canada-U.S. game? Who do you think will win if you're going to make a prediction?
2: I'm not even going to mention who I think I'm, is going to win. I, I I'm very nervous the USA program has been absolutely phenomenal uh for the last number of years obviously they are three time olympic or paralympic champions and uh it's a little heart war- uh, sorry disheartening to hear stuff like that but uh i know that uh the guys at hockey canada are doing the best they can and let's uh let's go canada
1: yes that was that was so very diplomatic compared to the text messages I've received from you this week regarding this event, which we won't get into right now. Well, but Brett,
3: if uh, you know, if you ever decide to leave this show and, and and the broadcast profession, maybe you should look at a career change going into the foreign service. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you could be one of those guys who negotiates with Trump. Oh, Brett negotiating. Let's move
2: on, on to something else.
3: <laughs> don't you – Brock, don't you think that Brett would be the perfect personality to deal with a guy like Donald Trump?
1: Uh, I think the politically correct answer is yes,
3: I do. Cut the politically correct crap.
1: Give us the nuts and bolts. No, I don't think so at all. I, I don't think so at all. I, I think, I think Brett would just be like, yes, sir, do whatever you want. Push that nuclear bomb if you wish, but I, I wouldn't do it, uh, Yes. Uh, 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 Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to welcome in our next guest, uh, David, uh, who's participating in the uh, event this weekend. David, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for moving up one segment.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here.
1: Can you tell us, first of all, how you got involved in the sport of sledge hockey? Uh,
5: When I was about seven years old. I always saw TV, uh, on the TV, the NHL games, and I thought, man, I want to do that. And then I got to a guy named Mike Samar in Windsor, and um, he was like, hey, have you ever tried sledge hockey? And I was like, no. So then I decided this was like probably like three quarters of the way through the year um, that... I would go out and try it. So I went out to one of the practices on Wednesday, and uh, ever since then, I was hooked. Um, You know, I just absolutely loved it. uh, I've been playing ever since.
3: Sorry about that. Uh, David, one David speaking to the other here. Uh, It's our understanding that you're sidelined due to injury and won't be able to participate in the upcoming tournament. Uh, Can you tell us a little more about that?
5: Uh, so back in um, in the fall, I had a pressure sore, and um, it was infected. I had it for about seven years prior to that, and um, it needed to. I needed to stay off it, and uh, they were going to book me for surgery. So uh, in December, I ended up going in and having the surgery. But uh, the full recovery period is um, a year. But the first, these first six months are the most crucial period, period to the healing process. So um, I had it scooped out, basically, and uh, they sewed it up, and it's all good now. I just uh, I got to wait a little bit until next year to come back and return fully to the, to the ice. That's da- why I'm out at the moment.
2: David, uh, we're sorry to hear that. Uh, given that you're not playing in the tournament, do you have a specific role this coming weekend?
5: Um, I think it's going to be, um, you know, obviously to to be with the team and kind of just support them, watch, possibly record some of the stats um, throughout the game for the team and see how well we're doing in terms of, like, face-off and Um, I have a feeling I'll probably be doing some of that um, for the upcoming tournament and um, just, you know, provide support to the guys and let them know what they're doing good, what they're doing good, um, you know, what we can improve upon during the weekend.
1: Can you give us an idea of the type of team you guys have built going into this event?
5: Uh, You can expect the FAST team, um, I think, uh, throughout the year. Uh, You know, there was, there was some people who got cut and the team changed a lot this year. So it took us a bit to kind of gel together, but I think that's really starting to come together and there'll be a lot of good team play, a lot of speed, um, um, a lot of passing and, um, and that's the whole, the whole idea of this year was our coach wanted us to, you know, make those short little passes and kind of get the goalie moving back and forth and, uh, you know, in terms of, like, two-on-ones and stuff. So and you can expect a lot of fast-paced, good passing, hard-hitting games, competitive games
3: out of us. David, finish this statement for us. If my team does well during the tournament, they uh, will they be successful? Um...
5: I think as long as we play as a team and um, really are just all on the same page, I think we'll do well in the tournament. I think we'll be pretty hard to beat.
2: Hey, David, it's our understanding that your general manager is Americo Moray. What's it like yeah. having a guy with that much experience as your general manager?
5: Oh, it's it's just absolutely Wonderful. Um, I've known Americo. I, I've been playing for about 17 years now. So I've known Americo for a really long time. He's a great guy. And I think really he's the one who reached out for, to me and um, because I was on the team before. Uh, and then I took a couple years hiatus, actually. And uh, he's the one who convinced me to come back. And I don't think it, if it wasn't for him that I would have actually come back. Um, he's pretty much the only who he has not came back because uh, he's just is so convincing and just such a good guy. And he runs the team really well.
1: Has there been any conversations uh, leading up to the event about being at home and how the coaching staff would like you guys to handle being at home and in Ontario during this event?
5: um yeah uh they want us to get on the ice as much as possible uh specifically together so a lot of the guys i know in toronto a lot of us are are a lot of the guys are from toronto and from windsor but um a lot of them are getting uh ice right now just to practice together and kind of get ready for that and they expect us to um expect us to be training off ice and you know working out at these four or five times a week or, you know, most days of the week. So, and, um, you know, just be mentally prepared. And they put out the agenda like a couple weeks before all of our events. And so we're we're ready to go. They expect us to be, you know, mentally, physically just ready to go for each camp.
1: Has there been any other uh, time this season where this team has been fully together? To be able to prepare for this event? Um
5: well I, I haven't been to, you know, maybe the last two or three camps, but uh my dad is actually one of the assistant coaches, so he uh gives me the, the scoop and I guess the last camp they've they've really come together and they're really looking good and prepared for the tournament. So like I said, as long as we're all on the same page. Um and I think the last camp I was actually at, which was uh, I think in in October, uh, I believe. So we were just, I think, at that point, starting to to gel a little bit better. We had, um, you know, the tryout and then the camp, and then I think uh, another camp in between that. Uh, so we it just kind of started to get used to each other, playing with each other, practicing with each other. So.
2: Hey, Dave, you mentioned that your dad was the assistant coach. What's it like uh, playing underneath your dad? Is there added pressure for yourself? or
5: um, No. Uh, my dad was the coach of my home club, the ones where I sports for uh, close to a decade, maybe a decade. And, um, I mean, there was times I remember going into a tournament that was one of the, it was called the, it was the Montreal tournament, and uh, we had a really really good team. Uh, we had actually the goalie that's on the national team playing for us. That's how he got started. Um, but uh, there was a game we lost, and I think my dad just learned a valuable lesson in kind of just not putting too much pressure on players. And uh, we just, he said, just go out, have fun player game and we ended up winning the whole thing so um, I think uh, as a team and as players we and my dad as coach learned a lot about not putting too much pressure on on games and not going in too seriously you know what I mean Um, just having that main point of having fun
1: you literally took the words right out of my mouth I was going to say sport is meant to be fun at the end of the day, and if there's too many, too much pressure, you're not gonna uh, succeed anyway. So it's good to hear that uh, you haven't had the pressure from your dad, and it sounds like more, more support than anything else.
5: Yeah, exactly. He's he's very supportive, but I mean, he can also decipher, you know, when it's time to be my dad and when it's time to be my coach and treat me like every other player, or not as his son, right?
1: And that is the toughest job. Speaking from a guy who had his dad part of uh, the national team coaching staff for many, many years. Sometimes it's really, really hard to divide the uh, two jobs. And so I commend you guys for being able to do that. Thank you. Good good luck uh, with Team Ontario this weekend. I uh, hope uh, to actually meet some people. And uh, good luck to your team. And I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you. And thank you for having me. That was uh, David, part of Team Ontario, but he's going to be doing more of a coaching-slash-statistic role due to his injury that he illustrated uh, earlier on in the interview. Coming up next, we are going to get into our last interview. We hope we're going to try Corey again and see if he can come on. And who knows what else we'll get into on the other side of the break here on The Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
2: God, it's cold in here.
3: It is. It is you cold. Even I noticed so I kept my jacket on.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just to rub it in my face.
3: That too. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What a jerk.
3: Bunch of jerks. That's Carolina.
1: Although, uh, although <laughs> you, you although you knew that he was going to come with something. You just espe- didn't know when. Especially especially with you in studio today, he was he...
2: You know, my godfather looks like Bobby Orr. I should come in here one day with my godfather and not tell you that he's coming and see if you can tell the difference okay all right
1: welcome back to the show here on ami audio and voices for ability if you're just tuning in this is the neutral zone on ami audio i'm joined by dave recabina Brett Wills, and I promise you, Jeff Ryman is behind the glass today. He's been very quiet, which is not normal for Jeff, but that's because we're doing a lot of parasport segments. We might get him on for a bit in this segment. We'll see how time goes. He just gave me a two thumbs up. Yes, sir, you raised your hand.
2: Yes, I just wanted to point out to our listeners who are not watching the sledge hockey game that it is nothing Canada. Thank you, Cameron Jenkins, for updating me on that. You are
6: very helpful today.
1: Who scored the goal? Did he give you that much
2: information? No, but I'm sure now that he's listening, he'll tweet me during our next segment. Hey, Jeff.
6: I have a further update. It's 1-1 one, one now. They tied it up. Uh, oh, yeah, I thought you were going to give
1: us the goal scorer. Uh, I, was... <laughs> I,
6: I I can. It was Liam Hickey. Uh, scored but... the goal for Canada, and it is just updating for the States right now. As it says, it is 1-1. One, one. Well. I'm, just, I'm assuming that the U.S. literally just scored as you were. Announcing that, Jeff.
1: That wasn't I'm the re- that thank wasn't you- the reason I wanted you on the show. <laughs> thank you for taking the wind right out of my sails.
6: Sorry. Uh,
1: joining us now is our last guest of the show, Corey. Corey, thank you for joining us today, and Thanks welcome to the show.
7: Me. I have oh. another update for you guys. It, Canada just scored again,
1: two to one. Canada. Thank
7: you,
2: sir. You,
1: nice. You are on point with this. Uh, this the scoring update. We appreciate it. Corey, uh, can you tell us the uh, process of making Team Ontario and how you ultimately got to participate at the upcoming event next weekend?
7: Yeah, so it starts with most people. The season sort of ends in March, probably early April. is sort of the last turnaround we do of the year. But for Team Ontario, Triads happen in August so you can't really lose over the summer that speed and that conditioning that you've built up over the years so for for myself like over the summer I focused a lot on keeping my cardio and getting on the ice when I was able to um fortunately through using stuff like hand bikes and rowing machines you're able to keep that cardio going um showed up to tryouts and at that point it's just a matter of playing your game. It's kind of like going into this weekend. You can't let it get into your head too much. It's just a matter of doing what you already know how to do and showing up and playing smart positional hockey at tryouts. We played a couple exhibition games so the coaches could see us in the in-game stuff.
3: Uh, Yeah. Corey, what are you most looking forward to heading into the tournament?
7: Um. The competition. Uh, I'd love to say that Alberta is definitely the team I'm looking forward to playing the most, but I'd have to say Quebec, for me, is the team I'm really looking looking forward to playing. There, we played a three-game series against them earlier this year, which they ended up winning 2-1 to in this series, and definitely looking forward to getting some retribution for that series.
2: Corey, what does Team Ontario need to do to be successful next weekend?
7: Uh, The biggest thing for us is just communication on the ice and playing smart hockey, keeping the passes simple. And the communication in any team sport is definitely a massive, massive component for us. Um, And we just have to focus on playing our game and not getting caught up in other stuff happening on the ice.
1: Which game on the schedule are you most looking forward to and why? Um. Probably be
7: Quebec game. Like I was saying, I'm really looking forward to getting some retribution after the series we fell to them earlier this year. And I'm definitely looking forward to showing up as a faster, stronger team than we were that, at that point.
2: Hey, Corey, we were talking to one of your teammates earlier this morning and I asked him about his relationship with your general manager, America or Moray. Can you give him- us some insight into your relationship with him and what he's like as a general manager?
7: Americo's fantastic as a general manager. He's there for pretty much whatever we need, whether we're having issues, we need some advice. I mean, the guy has a massive experience with hockey and sledge hockey specifically, so he's a great asset, whether it's asking him for training help or um, we're going through whether some mental roadblocks or something like that who's always there to encourage us and give us pretty much anything we could ever need.
1: What's on your schedule uh, now that we're headed into the home stretch uh, towards this tournament? What's on your schedule this week in preparation for this tournament?
7: Um, Jumping on the hand bike a bunch more times, keep that heart rate up, keep the cardio going, hopefully get on the ice one or two more times going into the week. Um, and then a lot of it's going to be diet this week. Make sure I'm eating
1: properly and staying staying fueled for what's coming up later this week. Oh, the athlete diet. How I don't miss those days. Thank you so much. Uh, for. Sorry, go ahead. Good.
7: There's days I definitely want to cheat, but in the home stretch now, it's, it'll pay off when it's
1: time. Don't we all want to cheat, though? When you can't have it, you totally want to cheat. Uh, but when you can, it's like, maybe I should eat healthy. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we wish you all the best in uh, the tournament next weekend. Perfect. Thanks for having me. That was uh, Corey. I'd like to thank all of our guests for being uh, available to us, um, and we hope we brought you uh, an extensive uh pre-game to the pre-game. Again, I remind you that we will be on air from 11 to 2 p.m. I believe the gold medal game is scheduled for 11.30. Jeff Ryman, myself, Brett Wills. Brett, why do you raise your hands? You have a microphone. Speak into it when you want to talk.
2: I I think just like on the ice, the communication is important and raising my hand is part of my communication. So saying that, Uh, I know that we're going to be on the air for a lot of period of time. Folks, just take note uh, as a reminder, in a hockey tournament, sometimes things happen where we're slightly delayed. So bear with us if that's the case next weekend.
1: Yes, you'll have to uh, listen to us uh, keep it together as we do. And And that's fine because people uh, like hearing my voice. We'll move on from that.
3: You notice I'm staying silent (laughs) through all this, eh?
1: Yes, I. Yeah, it was kind of like when you asked me about the drum question earlier. I was, yeah, I'm not doing it. Um, all right, so we have about 10 minutes of time. Let's discuss the Toronto Raptors. They are currently down two to one in the series against the 76ers. We've seen two sides to this team: the team we saw in Game One, and the team we have subsequently seen in. Two and three I'm gonna start with the guy we have not heard from virtually at all this week this this weekend the show Jeff, what say you about the Toronto Raptors? Are you concerned
6: I uh, maybe just a little bit just because of the the inconsistent play and that's sort of the thing that's been really ticking me off is that they are such a good team they should be beating Philly I'd say pretty easily with the depth of their bench, but their bench has been one of their downfalls and I think their last game that they played, Fred Van Vliet was 0 for 7. One of their
1: downfalls, the downfall of this. (laughs) Well, I mean,
6: there are other downfalls. Kyle Kyle Lowry hasn't been playing as well as he probably should be on the offensive side of things. His defense is usually pretty impressive, but the offense is, yes, Brett, you're raising your hand with enthusiasm.
2: I just want to point out Kyle Lowry can't play well when he's getting elbowed in the groin by a a 7.5-foot monster.
3: Uh, next verse same as the first. <laughs> it's you know, how basketball. many years in a row now have we been making excuses for Kyle Lowry in the playoffs? This has got to be at least the fourth consecutive year this guy's, you know, not coming fourth. anywhere. So, so
2: Dave, you're you're suggesting that you want to pay Joel Embiid's twenty thousand dollar fine?
3: I could care less about that. What 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 bothers me is seeing Embiid make a jerk of himself in the fourth quarter because the Raptors were so inept. First of all, I'm not one of these guys who I'm not into this trash-talking or, you know, making displays on the on the court or the ice or whatever. But you do it
2: pretty good on air.
3: Thank you very much, you know. But anyway, <laughs> aside from that, but, uh, you know, that's also a sign that basically the other team sucks. And I think, I'll be blunt, I think the Raptors suck. I think they're in huge trouble. And I, I don't know if they can overcome their problems by uh, Ooh. tomorrow afternoon at
2: 3.30. I think you're right. I, I'm extremely disappointed with Fred Van Vliet. I think he's playing like he's three feet tall and not six feet tall.
6: I think that you should be disappointed or Raptors fans should be disappointed by the fact of the play from anybody not named Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, or Marc Gasol. And Marc Gasol has been solid, very solid guarding Embiid. Obviously, Embiid uh, was impressive in their last game, but that was just Embiid taking over and hitting ridiculous shots. It's nothing against Marcus Gasol's defense. So those three guys I just mentioned on the Raptors have been positives for Toronto. Everybody else has been hit and miss. I mean, Danny Green has sort of shied away. I mean, he hasn't been the Danny Green we saw in the regular season hitting 40-plus percent from three-point range. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I mean, like I said, defensively he's been okay, but offensively, MIA... Um, and, and you want your bench to really step up, and and they just haven't. And this also doesn't speak well for the fact that you can't forget that Kawhi Leonard is a free agent at the end of this year. And if this is how the Toronto Jeff, Raptors... Jeff, Jeff,
1: Jeff, I was told not to talk about this la- last week, but do proceed.
6: Yeah, but I mean, I don't understand why we wouldn't want to talk about it, because this could be the last time we get a chance to talk about the Raptors still alive in the playoffs.
2: Oh. You know, uh, I I, uh, I think uh, you're hitting on all cylinders, but what I f- think you're failing to recognize is that Brett Brown is out-coaching Nick Nurse. And, I mean, a guy named Brett always out-coaches <laughs> everybody else in the world. Oh, <laughs> but
3: bring me this slop the fa- slop The fact
2: that he's getting out-coached, oh. and I think he's t- taking everything that he learned from Dwayne Casey... And recycling it, and and it's embarrassing to watch.
3: You know, but what? again, give, give, give guys named Brett credit. You know what, Brock? Uh, before before we went on air, you were talking about the '76er flu, and that reminds me of the old Broad Street Bullies days with the Flyers, when all of a sudden, when teams were coming into Philly. Usually in that last hour before the plane touched down, all of a sudden, you know, many players on visiting teams came down with flu-like symptoms, and I think it was because they were scared of what was waiting for them on the court. And it makes me think that the Raptors have the same kind of thing.
1: Can I also hold on? Can I also put out here before we go any further? Does any? And I know you're all gonna say, "Well, that was so long ago." But does anybody also recognize what the series was the last time? The this Raptors organization played the 76ers at this point in the series. Oh,
3: back in 2000, you mean? Yes.
1: Was it the same? It, it could have been. It I, I don't It was 2-1 for the Toronto Raptors. And what happened? Oh, and they lost. And they lost.
3: Ah, so what you're thinking is that this could be the other way around.
6: But was that the Vince Carter graduation? Debacle? Yes, it was. Yes, yes oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you
1: had your hand up.
6: Yeah, I was just going to say I have a pretty hot take here. And you guys can take it however you want. But honestly, if the Raptors get knocked out right now, like in this round by the 76ers, I think that major, major, major changes are coming to that organization. And I'm talking about maybe Masai Ujiri leaving the organization. There's been rumbles that Washington has been uh, intriguing for him. I don't know if those are true or not, but usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So that's a possibility. I think Nick Nurse is safe because he's just had one year with the Toronto Raptors. And he just but, had a 50-plus win. Exactly. Season.
3: But, Jeff, if, if Masai were to leave, you'd have to say that all bets are off on the head coach. Yeah.
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. if if Ujiri leaves, nobody in that entire yeah. organization yeah. is safe. So, therefore, you could have, I guess, Nick Nurse if you really want uh, I think he should say it, but that's totally up to a new GM. If it gets to that point, Kyle Lowry's got to go because yeah. this guy has been here every single year. The Raptors have made the postseason, and he just goes MIA, and fans are going to call him out right till the end of it, and he's going to basically be forced out of town. And uh, yeah, this also is what... And then <laughs> Kawhi. I mean, if they are ousted in the second round by a 76ers team, they should probably beat I don't know if, if, if Kawhi really wants to stick around. So I feel like this series has major implications on the Raptors' future as potentially next year. They could oh, look completely different. Uh,
3: absolutely.
2: I think uh, if you go back and listen to our predictions at the beginning of the season, I pointed out
1: that— Oh, don't do that.
2: <laughs> uh, I pointed out that I don't like Kyle Lowry for the reasons that uh, Jeff just— pointed out, and that I thought that they should have got rid of him in the summertime. So, uh, Jeff, you're on the right track. Uh, somehow they got to keep Kawhi, though. Here's the thing.
1: I don't think Masai Ujiri has the desire to go through another rebuild with this team.
3: No, I don't think so either. Been I there, agree. done that, yep. don't want to
1: do it again. If If they make it through this round and they make it through the next round, maybe you stick around. But if they don't, there isn't a chance he stays, in my opinion.
3: But what's interesting about that, and I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but if there is any validity to this Washington story, he's got a bigger rebuild, way bigger rebuild there than he does here in Toronto.
1: Yeah, but the difference is he's done the rebuild here. That is true. And there's nothing happened here. Yeah. So, He's okay going to a place and doing it, but doing it again, I don't think he has the taste for it uh, yeah it
3: would it would be tough to do it twice in the same spot
1: yeah yeah i really I really don't think anything to say, Brett, to wrap before I do my uh exit. no, let's go enjoy the weekend any any score update with team Canada not at all
6: no. it still says on uh hockey Canada's website that it is two to one for Canada still in the third period, but I've noticed that this is uh A little bit slower, so if you're watching elsewhere online, it may be uh, slower, as Corey was giving us updates. And uh, the website was a little bit slower. But as of right now, according to HockeyCanada.ca, Canada leading the U.S. 2-1 in the third.
1: And like I said, uh, Paralympic Committee, Canadian Paralympic Committee, has it live-streamed on their Facebook page. So go there and check out the action there to catch the end result. Good luck to Team Canada, and I really hope they defeat the United States. That is the end of our show this week. I'd like to thank all of our guests, Brett Wills, Jeff Ryman, Dave Recovina. I am your host, Brock Richardson. Tune in next week to our regularly scheduled program of The Neutral Zone, and then join us on Sunday from 11 a.m. to to 2 p.m. right here on AMI-audio. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next week.